0: I've got a plane that lands on the sea, so let's call it the Hydravian.
1: (laughs) And I've got uh, the Communard's greatest hit.
0: Welcome Hello. to Date Fight, it's the podcast where we take great things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other
1: Yes we do, he's Jake, yeah, I'm Nat Tapley and together we've collected two pine cones from the forest floor of history and are arranging them into a rather unimpressive sculpture for your entertainment <laughs> Daddy, look, I made an owl <laughs> Alright, stick it with the others
0: um, Oh, Daddy, <laughs> you never pay any attention to anything I do
1: I'm busy, just crying Um, let's go to... Do- <laughs> Let's go to the Spot 20- on. 28th of March, 1871, and the first meeting of the Paris Commune. Uh, it's important to remember that the year before, in 1870, uh, Paris, uh, France and Prussia had been at war in the delightfully named Franco-Prussian War, and the Germans had besieged Paris for four months. They got to Paris in late 1870, September, October 1870, and had it under siege for four months. Um, and uh, during which all of the richer people in Paris ran away. They left, uh, and if you couldn't afford to run away, you were stuck in besieged Paris, um, and lots of refugees turned up from the occupied parts of France. And after January 1871, they made peace, the French and the Prussians, um, and they had some elections. Now, then, as now, there was a big divide between the rural Catholic population and the industrial workers. Uh, Paris had been particularly radical, over uh, throughout the century 1848 it is a had a revolution so during the siege the uh, Paris had been protected by the national guard which were was an army made up of people from the local arrondissement uh, who were locally convened locally governed and managed everything from within the suburbs or uh, not within the suburbs within the uh, neighborhoods themselves Um, And at the end of the war, when the regular army was disbanded, the National Guards weren't. They were still in Paris. And so on the 26th of March, there were new elections and the National Guard had come together to elect someone they thought could lead them and their slightly more radical philosophy. And they'd elected Garibaldi, who was busy in Italy, and said, I can't be your leader, I am in Italy. Silly silly man. (laughs) Don't bother me right now. (laughs) I'm busy making biscuits. (laughs) I'm busy squashing the flies. (laughs) Uh, so the National Guard didn't like the mayor of one of the arrondissements, <laughs> Clemenceau. Um, he pops up in the First World War, but we're not going to talk about that now. Um, so they had elections on the 26th of March, which led to uh, then convening a council of 92 members. So there were 92 members r- representing all of the various different uh, arrondissements and neighbourhoods of Paris. Um and unfortunately, the national government had told everyone not to bother voting. They said, don't bother voting in this. It's not a real thing. Don't bother. So lots of the middle and upper classes didn't bother voting, those who had come back to Paris, which meant that they lost because oh. <laughs> they hadn't voted. So on the 27th of March, there was a big march through Paris to the Hôtel de Ville to bring in the Paris Commune, which first met on the 28th of March, 1871. And... On their first day, they did 12 things, which included banning conscription, uh, abolishing the death penalty, sending delegates to other cities to see if they wanted to do the same thing. Uh, They also didn't have a leader. They didn't have any uh, appointed officials. Instead, they appointed committees to oversee everything. However, that meant that there was an executive committee now in charge of the National Guard. So the National Guard weren't really sure whether the executive committee was in charge or the council that they'd come up with before was in charge or Garibaldi was in charge. He didn't want to be in charge. No one knew who was in charge, but. they did lots of good things, and I'm sure that story doesn't end badly. So let's stop it on the twenty eighth of March with the Victorious <laughs> Commune of Paris. <laughs> we might continue this later in the year. Yeah.
0: Let's see how that gets that gets along
1: yeah. down the line. Let's see how they yeah. do. They, Shall be great. They're wanting to abolish the death penalty and things like that.
0: Well, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Uh you and I, I think when we're grasping around for what the hell are we going to talk about in each one of these mm. podcasts? I've I've gone to France too. Uh, But whereas you've gone for an interesting new sort of political civic model uh, with curious uh, consequences, (laughs) I've gone for a guy who thought, I could stick a plane on a
1: boat and I reckon it would go. (laughs) That's very French. The French aren't big inventors, are they? they? They sort of seem buff. Everything, you know, they're good at making sure a system doesn't impose on their way of life very much, but they don't seem like big innovators, the French. Well, if it's not, unless you're talking about cheese. Oh, yeah. In in, in culinary produce, they are, yeah. Can I talk to this animal? Yeah. (laughs) Can I talk to this animal in a completely new way Uh, that no one. What happens if you take a snail and fill it so full of corn that its eyes pop out?
0: How does it taste? Yeah. Who could forget the famous sheep gravy experiments? Anyway, (laughs) uh, this is 1910 and it's the 28th of March, and a guy called Henri Fabre flies what? a seaplane, the first ever seaplane, the Fabre Hydravion, uh, after taking off from a water runway near Martigue in France. Uh, a water runway presumably just meaning... <laughs> just water. A pond. It's not a... <laughs> just paving it. Yeah. So it flew about a third of a mile. Now, that's sort of a fair achievement. It's just that he'd never flown any kind of a plane of any kind ever before.
1: What? And at what point did he not think that was part of the
0: yeah of to do. To do. so uh he i bet he probably had a few beers as well uh, he flew it three more yeah. times that day uh and by the end of the week <laughs> he'd done the three and a half miles on it and then he smashed it all up in an accident
1: and then he was done yeah, was he, ne- yeah he never wanted to do it again but you know <laughs>
0: that was 1910 61 yeah. years later uh, he was still sort of knocking about And, and that was a prototype seaplane that, that, that kind of did go on to be adapted A lot of it uh, For right. uh, later seaplanes That didn't get quite so smashed up mm. But as late as 1971 He, he was uh, sailing his own little dinghy Single handedly in the harbour of Marseille mm to the huge consternation of all the massive cargo ships trying to dock there, presumably. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> <And> Allez-vous en, monsieur! <laughs> I've had this right of way for 45 years. It came from my ah, father. Oh, je m'en fous,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you just remind me, I've been dying to see this for ages. Do you want to hear my, um, uh, my two French comedy voices? <laughs> go, go ahead. Well, all, all French comedy yeah. is done with one of these two voices. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yep. Yeah. Je vais faire de la <laughs> comédie
1: française.
0: Yeah. Ah oui, Jean, moi aussi, je vais
1: faire de la comédie française. <laughs> that I'm right, is exactly I'm right. That is
0: perfect. Yeah. Uh, Henri Fabre died at the age of 101, <laughs> shrieking like an
1: idiot. <laughs> uh, Not in a seaplane <laughs> crash though, which is.
0: Ouais, je vais faire de la <laughs> comédie française. <laughs> ouais, ouais, wow. Oh, you got it there. That was it. That was better. Yeah. <laughs> ouais ouais c'est ça, la comédie française. <laughs> mes pantalons, j'ai, j'ai oublié mes proutons, my pantalons, mes <laughs> pantalons. Um, <laughs> je vais faire de la gravy de la mouton, du mouton.
1: <laughs> 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 Les escargots étouffés, ouais, je veux. Vais... Um, let's go to the birthdays. Hop! <laughs> um, <laughs> Happy birthday to Thomas Clarkson, the anti-slavery activist. But for those of you who might be confusing him with Jeremy Clarkson, here is a quick guide to telling the difference. Thomas Clarkson founded the Society for Affecting the Abolition of the Slave Trays. Jeremy Clarkson used the N-word while choosing between cars on Top Gear, and then said, Please be assured I did everything in my power not to use that word. Everything in his power, apart from actually not saying the word. Wow. Thomas Clarkson rode 35,000 miles to collect evidence for which to present to Parliament about the evils of slavery. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson used a racial epithet to describe an Asian man on a bridge. Thomas Clarkson published an essay on the slave trade. Jeremy Clarkson made fun of Gordon Brown for only having one eye. (laughs) Thomas Clarkson hosted Frederick Douglass in his first tour of England. Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer for not getting him the right amount of something that he wanted, which we've all decided we're going to say is steak, yes? (laughs) Yes.
0: That's, that's a very end. nice <laughs> comparative work there. That's that's a very nice... That's very Thank strong. You. I love that.
1: It's a, you've got to have a
0: way to tell the difference between them. <laughs> this handy guide produced by Date <laughs> Fight. Yes. One definitely is. isn't a racist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I have a death for you, and it's definitely one worth uh, oh. noting. It's Dorothy Fields. Oh. Uh, she was one of the first... Uh, lyricists to work on Tin Pan Alley in the States mm-hmm. uh, and for the musicals and stuff. She wrote over 400 songs for Broadway musicals and films. And it, like, I know you're expecting now a comedy list, but I'm just <laughs> going to give you uh, a real list. OK. I'm sorry. But uh, The Way You Look Tonight, A Fine Romance on the Sunny Side of the Street. Yeah. Pick Yourself Up. I'm wow. in the mood for love and big spender.
1: All the biggies. And
0: yeah, a, a phenomenal uh, number of songs that you'll have heard of. Mm. Uh she wrote and uh I mean really really brilliant stuff. I do think The Way You Look Tonight is one of the best songs yes. ever written. Uh and 35 years after her death, Barack Obama in his inauguration speech uh echoed her lyrics when he said starting today, starting today we must pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and begin again the work of remaking America. Uh, and that's from Swing Time. Oh. Well, there you go. There you are. Thank she you was great. Much. Yes. Go and listen Happy to her songs Day, today. Yeah, I appreciate how brilliant she was. You know that's what else brilliant? Today. Coming, what, back what, tomorrow, what? coming back tomorrow.
1: Coming back tomorrow Yeah, brilliant. that's the best thing. You're brilliant, Jane. It's
0: the best thing. You're brilliant. No, you. Yeah. oh um now we have heard reports that uh people have been sort of panicked downloading
1: episodes of date fight we can only encourage you to do that
0: yeah you know we we have we have a whole warehouse full of uh, Old episodes
1: for you to listen to, but we to. are likely to run out. If you are, you should definitely get your hands on them all now. If you don't download them now, yeah. who knows what? Starting
0: might tomorrow, we're going to have to limit two downloads per person. Mm. Uh, so, you know, if you want to listen to any of the back catalogue of episodes, you know, please, yeah. please don't. You yeah, don't, whatever you do, please start don't. downloading them don't. Because large lots chunks. of people are, and they'll all go. Yes, that's well, good. That's not good. I, I do. Well, I can
1: I try. See what happens? We'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs>